Hi, friends. Just a heads up, we had some unfortunate sound issues while recording this episode. Frankly, we kind of blame Mercury Shadow. The conversation was amazing, and for those of you who can get down with a little background noise, we think and hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today, I'm so honored that I get to interview Tosha Silver, the famous author that has brought us books like Outrageous Openness, Change Me Prayers, and the one that is really close to me that I find to be super useful and has already shifted my life is It's Not your money. And today's topic is going to be all about leaving new age fundamentalism and what that all means and getting to know this beautiful woman here. And so welcome, Tosha. Thank you, Christine. I'm really, really happy to be here. We've been trying to make this happen for a while. So it feels like today's the lucky day. Yes, it, it is. And what a beautiful day. And it's kind of a um, an interesting, uh, you know, everything is in divine timing. And, you know, I can't say how much I needed to read your book to tra- transform and really offer it up so that a very challenging situation for me could transform. So it, thank wow. you for changing my life, too. You know, wow. I'm so, glad that. so let's talk a little bit about, you know, this topic that you want to discuss today of leaving new age fundamentalism. Okay. Well, the topic started to come up because I think that if anyone's familiar with any of my books, the one of the ongoing issues within it is that life, life is built on paradox. And that one of the ways that we learn to really suffer is by thinking through black and white thinking. And to me, that's what fundamentalism is, is the idea of like, it's always this way. It's never that way. You should do this. You should never do this. And what came to happen for me over the course of, you know, writing these books and all the years of doing sessions with people before that is that what actually runs the universe is paradox. The fact that two things can both be true at the same time. In fact, not just two things, multiple realities can all be true at the same time. Yeah. And that the more to rest in that paradox, the more you can actually live from a place of truth as opposed to rigid and narrow thinking. So, what had started to happen, part of what prompted me writing It's Not Your Money is because in the years that I did sessions with individual people, so many of them were really suffering, living from a place that said the law of attraction is the only reality. Everything you think is what you create. If only you can have a perfectly cleansed mind, all of your wishes will come true. And what started to get clear to me over all the years of doing these 20, 30,000 readings and teaching was that actually many laws of the universe were operating at once. And the law of attraction is simply one of many, many. And of course, it's true. The way you think and the way you feel influences your reality. But there are other laws that are true. And that people learning that black and white thinking, which I would consider fundamentalism, causes enormous suffering because then they get blamed either by themselves or others. Oh, you must have created that. What, what tragic mistake did you make? Why did you get that illness? That must be your fault. Why did you get raped even? You must have created that. And in fact, there are these other laws, like the law of Parabda Karma, which I get into in Money Book, yeah. that are deeply operative in the universe. And once you know some of these other laws, you stop living from that place of rigidity and self-blame. Yeah, which I think is super 
it's super important because, yeah, people think that, you know, I mean, ever since The Secret and everything like that, you know, so much stress and, and, and importance and, and emphasis has been about, yeah, what you think about, you bring about kind of aspect. But they're missing the whole aspect that sometimes your biggest tragedies are your gifts or the, those are your lessons. And that becomes there is a good and there is a bad instead of what if the bad is also good? Exactly. And also that really ties into the idea of Parabdha Karma, what you just said, because Parabdha Karma is the idea that every soul has a curriculum that it's here to learn about. And so if you're only going from the idea of the ego, then it's like if only you could get this perfectly cleansed mind, like some kind of mind that had had a thousand colonics, nothing quote unquote bad. <laughs> would ever occur, right? But yeah. in fact, when you're looking from Parabdha Karma, some of these things are the curriculum of the soul saying, I want to learn about letting go this life. The soul saying that. Now the soul can't learn about letting go if every single wish is always magically provided, or I want to learn how to stand on my own feet. So if the soul is saying, I want to learn that, then the relationship that the personality's craving might not come for a while because the soul's learning how to be independent. So this view is only from the egoic mind that every wish should be happening at every moment or this ego's doing something wrong. Yeah, and then, because otherwise people are living from a very strong attachment base, right? You know, attaching to those things. And I think one of the great examples in, in your book is uh, is your friend that was the yogi that uh, finally wrote that book and was brought to uh, the the Oprah show or whatnot and 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 he was so attached to the fact that he didn't have his book online available on Amazon and it was this huge missed opportunity and you know you write in there and saying well maybe it was your lesson to learn to detach, you know, like to let go and, and have that, that you're, that was the lesson that was the aspect. And, you know, especially since that was what, you know, he is a book about yoga and having that yogic type of outcome. Right. Exactly. Because, because one of the Sanskrit terms in it's not your money is the, is the term, Aparagraha, which means non-grasping. And Aparagraha, you know, is one of the keys to yoga. Yeah. Like you can't be any kind of yogi, no matter how many types of headstand you know how to do, if you don't know how to let go of chasing and grasping. So what if, what happened to him? I love that story because he really changed. That guy totally changed from having that, um, experience with his book being blocked he became so open to realizing that he couldn't control everything in the universe and he wasn't doing something wrong that made it happen it happened because it was a lesson so i i mean in, in the freedom of living from that space of knowing that you know everything is in a way happening for us and not to us and having this level of complete surrendering in a way, right? You know, and it's like, okay, maybe there's a higher lesson. Maybe there's something else. Maybe this is what my soul signed up to do or to learn, right? I think that one of the things is it's, I try to do this really with all of the books. It's very easy to talk about surrender yes, as a concept, There's not a lot of teaching out there about how to surrender. There's just people saying, do it. Yeah. (laughs) Go surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Exactly. It's a very popular, you know, meme right now. But what happened for me, I'm a Capricorn. I'm really, really practical at heart, was that I had to go figure out practical ways to learn to surrender. And what that taught me is prayer. Because really is that someone can tell you to surrender until your head falls off but the prayers are actually and so each many all of the books I would say are filled with prayers of you know divine come in and show me how to let go right now I'm ferociously attached to 
this particular thing, open my hands and show me how to let go. And so that's a part of, I would say, especially the, the latest book, the money book. And the other side of it is also that the part that's holding on so ferociously is often the inner child. And so to just slap that child's hand and say, you've got to let that go, the kid's going to have a tantrum. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't want to. It's often holding on to this or that just out of sheer terror or a sense of security, you know, insecurity. So another piece of this, I think is very central, is taking care of that kid, knowing that the one who's holding on so deeply is often not the inner adult or the inner divine. It's this inner child that really needs attention and love. Yeah. And I love how your book takes you through, you, you know, eight weeks of really working and going through these steps so that it isn't just a concept. It's actually a practical steps that people can take to have that, you know, which is very different than, you know, um, even though you give those steps, it's really about, uh, trusting, letting go and having that versus telling somebody that there's a way to do something and there's a right and a wrong, which is oftentimes what I come across in, in, in spirituality is like, oh no, you have to. And I I laughed at some of the things that you wrote and, and, uh, and, and said, because, you know, there's so much, especially in LA, there's like, okay, no, you have to dress like this or do this, or everything has to be super positive. But then you run across these people and they're like, oh yeah, everything's great. And everything's amazing. And you know, they're filled with like rage or upset or they're this or that. And it's not being true to their self. And, you know, we are divinely unique in individuals, right? You know, and so we are this vast expression of God in the universe. And but yeah, everybody's trying to fit into boxes. And I think that you you saying that in the way that you said it really hit a chord for me. Yes, I mean, I think the thing is, any of these books, what they ultimately do, their purpose is to get the person anchored inside with the inner divine. And so once you're, once you're starting to be anchored in the divine, all of these outside prescriptions that say it has to be this way, you must do this, you must be positive every moment, you just begin to sit inside yourself and say, why would I need to do that? Because what you're developing is the connection to the inner, uh, you know, there's a word in Sanskrit, stamba. It's like the inner core of your own life and it doesn't operate according to other people's rules and regulations it operates according to your own inner knowing and then you start to rest inside of that stamba and I really find anyone can learn it it just really takes the practice of you know the desire to start to get it from the inside instead of the outside of all of these you should do this you should do that it doesn't really work. And what got you uh, to that desire to learn it for yourself? Well, I would say partly it was all the years of giving readings. I gave, you know, both, I would, I would say from 1982 until 2012, so it was 30 years, I just saw thousands and thousands of people. And what I was noticing is that there were so many universal forms of suffering that somebody could be vastly wealthy or somebody could be almost broke. And yet so many of the issues kept coming up that we weren't taught to connect, to get the truth from the inside. And that we also weren't taught offering. Um, Offering is a huge part of all the books, which to me is about rather than saying, I'm going to do this and that so I can finally be happy. Offering is the act of giving burdens, problems, worries, fears, even the whole life, back to divine love. And I just started to become more and more enraptured with the idea of offering, that you're living from a place of service to this divine love instead of what a lot of new age teaching would be, which is how do you get the universe to serve you? Yeah. You know, how do you get the universe to work for you and get what you want? Offering is the opposite. It's really more the way 
I would say Hafez or Rumi or any of the Sufi poets lived, how can I serve something greater? Use me. You're saying to the universe, use me, as opposed to how can I use your ass to get what I want? You're like, I want you to use me. It's very different. So all of that, it just, I'm so practical. It started to become that the more I did that, the happier I became as a person. The more I was trying to live the other way, the more miserable I was. Yeah, which you see it over and over again with people as they, they achieve all of these accomplishments, they do different things, and they can manifest. And they manifest this, they manifest that, and there's still not a sense of happiness because they didn't they didn't they didn't allow themselves to be a vessel of saying okay i'm part of this huge macrocosm yes. i'm a microcosm but m- my energy is affecting everything right and so how can yes. i better serve this collective and i think like in your book yes. it was one of the things that hit me was that i think it was a friend of yours or maybe it was a client but on on her deathbed uh, and she was this, uh, I think, clothing designer, wardrobe stylist or something, but had this lavish life. But at the one thing she said before she left her body was, I wish that I would have done more to serve others instead of uh, everything in her life being about serving herself. Yes. And I think that yes. many people have that yes. realization in, in their elder years when they're about to pass or so. And they say, OK, yeah, I accomplished these things or I lived or I experienced. But what did I leave as my legacy or what what is that ripple effect that I've done to serve the greater? Right. Well, and I think what actually starts to happen is when you're working with these ideas of offering and they really take practice, um, it starts to become that the universe is doing you. I don't know any other way to describe it. Rather than what are you doing, you start to get done. And I think it gets misunderstood with passivity. That's one of the really common things that happens with my work is that if I ever get angry letters, it's which isn't that often, but when they come, they're always somebody saying, this book enraged me, it just seems so passive. What do you do? Just lay there and hope that God shows you what to do. And I'm like, no, it's actually, again, the paradox. What you're doing is inviting the flow to begin to take you over. And then the right actions get shown at the right time. So, in fact, this work can be enormously animated. And you're given the courage, in fact, to do things that you might be very scared to do if you were only operating from the ego. You know, like I, I... Somebody wrote me recently that she's very involved in a bunch of things uh, right now with the immigrants, that she was terrified to get involved with it, but that as she was doing this work, she felt her soul raise up and say, you need to go down to the border. You need to get involved with this. And it's her own soul guiding her, and it's going to be different for everybody. So this work is actually the opposite of passivity, but it's easy to misunderstand it in a culture that's about black and white thinking. Yeah, and and because then people think that there there is no action, or how do you you know how do you manifest something if you're just letting go? It's like, well, then it's guided for you, right? It's not that you do nothing, but well, what happens? Is the the actions start to happen through you instead of by you. Yeah, and that's that is probably the simplest way I could say it is the actions start to happen through you instead of by you. And everyone's had that experience, even if they're listening to this going, what the hell are they talking about? Everyone's had the experience where you start doing something from the deeper self and you don't even know why you're doing it. Suddenly you're calling somebody and then you find out later, oh my God, they've been waiting for your call for three weeks. Or these actions start to arise from the deeper self. And, you know, in Sanskrit, it's called the spanda. It's like the leap. You literally have a leap from the inside that says, go call that person, go apply for that. But it's not coming from a should. It's not coming because everybody else is telling you how you have to do it. It's literally arising from inside. Yeah, which which I think that a lot of people that might be stumbling upon your work or things they're trying to make something manifest or their life hasn't been working and but they're still attached to a certain idea of what that is and then they surrender and maybe they achieve that you know or they get that that 
that response that they were looking for when they finally surrender. But then it leads them down a whole different path, right? You know, because who knows, you know, where you start isn't where you end up. And the journey is completely unknown when you allow yourself to get in the car and just go for the ride. Well, and I think that it's, it's even past just getting in the car and going for the ride. There's a idea of, um, calling in the highest in the sense of you're you're inviting divine order into any situation so you're really saying that the highest that's meant to occur occur and it's quite different every so often someone says to me you know isn't this you know uh how is this different than co-creation and i would say my experience with co-creation is people are often still in the lead trying to use god to get their list they're like okay i'll invite you This is very different. This is actually saying, I want to be used for the highest by the universe. Let me become a vessel. So from the inside, my own inner great self will show the actions and they will arise in the right time and the right way. It's it's so different. And then you're doing it for the sake of the highest. So for example, I don't know, to go back, like say to the, relationship issue someone wrote me who said you know she was in a group for years and years paying a phenomenal amount of money trying to manifest her soulmate (laughs) and all these people showed up along the way that really it didn't work out because it really wasn't her soulmate because it isn't something that you can force on command but she didn't know that so she kept doing it and doing it and doing it and finally she said wow Maybe there's something happening that's not actually a block inside of me, but actually something I need to learn to just be alone for now or be with my friends, but not have this partnership. So she let go and she was applying the ideas from the book and she had a couple years where she became very at peace being alone. And then, of course, same old story. That's when she met the person. She was no longer even trying to manifest anything. She was just saying yes to the universe I'm ready to do it your way and learn what I have to learn here instead of giving you my agenda. And, you know, I think it's Matt Kahn has a great line where he calls it the flaw of attraction. The flaw of And I just, I love it so much because it's like, yeah, the law of attraction is a part of the story. But it's, there's so much a vast story beyond the law of attraction that when you only focus on that, you limit your life so much and you really can cause enormous suffering for yourself and others and and most people don't even know what would truly make them happy or what they they need to learn or go through or whatnot and so if you say i need to manifest this the soulmate right now let's take that example well that huge beautiful lesson of loving oneself and being okay being alone and and finding whatever came out of those years of her being in that solitude state were part of her story of were part of whatever else that needed to happen right yeah i mean it's true because really what she said is that she felt like for lifetimes she had avoided being alone for Mm. lifetime after lifetime. And so all, and I think this is true for many, many people that there's this thing and it's so charged because in other lives it never got addressed. And so this life, the the soul is finally in the lead and it's saying, I know you want X, Y, and Z, but you never address this in all these other lifetimes. So here's your chance, like open to it. Get, get the lesson here, offer it to the divine and ask to be shown, what am I learning? Because then if you learn whatever is trying to happen, then you can receive what's meant to come after that. Yeah, it's such, it's such a beautiful way and it brings, brings people such peace, right? I'm sure you found yes. that through your, your client stuff and to actually enjoy and embrace life for being almost like the power of being in the now, right? You know, it's just in that divine moment and saying, okay, well, what is this, right? You know, and maybe what I want isn't what I need. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think I put it in the money book. I'm not even sure if I put this in any of the books, but there was a man that I got to know who was in the Bay area and he was a bit of a 
well-known new age teacher for a while and his wife had gotten very sick and he was very attached to his wife and he had thousands of followers so he got all of his followers to get very very focused you know we can create anything our mind is all powerful and he had thousands of people all focused on making his wife well and he kept saying this is already this is already completed it's already done we are all powerful well as you can imagine the wife it was her time to go you know it was sad but it was her time to go it truly was and he went into this tremendous tailspin over it because it was like how how could this be if you have not only your own great power because he saw himself he was always saying he was a manifesting master but not only that but he had all these thousands of people involved and yet it was still her time to go i ended up running into him about a year later on a hiking trail in um, marin and he told me that he had changed so deeply from going through that experience and he felt that for countless lifetimes he always thought that he was the power that he was that made it all happen and that he had no doubt that he even wondered if he and his wife had an agreement that they'd made before the lives began that she would go at such and such a time so that he could finally learn that he had to become open to a greater plan than his egos and this guy was so transformed when i saw him like he was finally a really humble person and you know you just never know what the larger issues are that are going on and what all these different laws that are playing into effect at the same time which you know is the principle of what you're teaching here today that there's there's so many other factors going on there are these other laws that are going into existence and when you focus on just one thing, you miss the whole entirety and you m miss those lessons. You miss the learnings because the same individual could have went into a tailspin on a negative sense and been like, well, and I guess I'm not this manifesting person and I'm da 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 and went into a life of depression and suffering. Right. Exactly. You know, like he really rose, he really rose to it and said, OK, I've got to have a bigger picture inside of what is really ruling things. Yeah. You know, another thing that this makes me think of is that when you get to Paravda Karma and this idea that, you know, every soul has a set of learning that it's here to do, it's also that countries have karma, have Paravda Karma. The planet has its own Paravda Karma. And so sometimes I think what's very disturbing when only the law of attraction is focused on is it's very it's a very strange focus when you're talking about social justice of any kind or when you're talking about you know sexism homophobia racism uh you know all the isms ageism that yeah. when you know pretending that those things don't exist and that there's a larger social karma that's making those things happen and then you say to people oh yeah you know, you're Hispanic and you didn't get that job. You think it's because you're Hispanic, but really you created that. And you're ignoring that there's a larger social reality, social karmas that are getting worked out. There's there's so many layers to this that to me, it truly transforms people when they start to have a broader image that, um, yes, the law of attraction is true, but so are so many things. It would be a little bit like saying you're only a brain instead of knowing that you're a heart, you have a, you know, you have a soul. It's, it's, it's just confining reality into a very tiny box. Yeah. And th that's actually a beautiful example because, you know, we're the whole entirety of our body, but then our, our heart is operating, you know, separate, but together and our stomach is digesting our food and our liver and this and that. But you know, if you look at any one piece, you can say, okay, that is true of that. But it's also there's a whole system going on, right? And, yes. you know, something that's happening maybe in the pancreas is going to be affecting everything else. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I find the issue of blame and shame the most disturbing thing about this. The way that people blame themselves when wishes don't come true 
or when things are restricted or the way that they subtly or not so subtly blame others. You must have done something wrong. If only you had done this or that. And I think that part of that is coming from fear that someone's saying, like particularly in the case of an illness, say, someone's saying, I don't want to believe that can happen to me. So I'm going to make this about your limitation of your mind. Yeah. Now, again, that standing inside of that paradox, it doesn't mean that the law of attraction, of course it works. And if you're always sending hatred and blame and resentment into your body, of course it has effect. But the idea is that so many other things operate too. Environmental karmas operate. It's, it's really... The, like the compassionate thing is to hold a larger image than just this narrow rigidity of blame and shame. Yeah, and the, and the blame and shame is complete attachment or right or wrong thinking, right? You know, this is good or this is bad. This is, you know, you created this illness, you created that, and then and then people literally feel that they did something wrong, and and then right. but you know maybe they did something right. To even, uh, exactly. you know, exactly. I mean, I, I know so, I had, I had a autoimmune disease as a kid and, you know, very, very sick child. And, and as a result though, is looking at it and it, it taught me how to be healthy, right? It taught yeah. me like the power of respecting my body, of understanding nutrition, of doing all these things. Had I not had that, my body was doing something divine. So then I could help pass that on to others, right? You know, it wasn't, you know, but if I shamed myself and said I'm so embarrassed or this or that or how people do that to others, then they don't see the gifts. They don't see the other laws that might be going on and playing. And they don't, in in that whole picture, they don't understand the connections or the lessons. Yes, I really love that. I love that. I had I had a couple years actually, 2017 to 2019, where um, I sprained both knees, and for a good part of those two years, I could barely walk, let alone do yoga and bike. And I'm a super active person, and so during that time, I just had to stop. And somebody said to me, "Wow, you really need to look at why you manifested that, or you know what was going on." And, and <laughs> What really happened was that I came, first of all, the money book never would have gotten completed if I hadn't had that um, injury because I, I was stopped in my tracks and it was basically what got me to complete the book. But also it completely changed my relationship to my body, just like you're talking about. It was like I learned to... I was somebody that grew up as an athlete, so I was always going, 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 really, for forever, for decades. And it was the first time that I was like, wow, I need to actually stop, listen more, rest more. This body isn't just a machine that can run up mountains every day. And it's really been great. It's actually, it's much easier for me for now for my body to be in balance. Yeah. And then I, I, I'm top. I, Top of that, the other thing that happened is you were able to be a vessel for service too, and creating the book, right? And finishing, yeah. It. The book would not have happened if I hadn't been injured. In a million years, it never would have happened. So I love when you're saying, "What are you doing?" Like this could be you doing everything right when you get injured. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, and, and and that was you know the divine working through you and allowing you. To have these realizations and to create something that's going to change, you know, so many people's lives. But on the other hand, it was really, it's really hard when you're in that stuff. Oh, so of course. So it's not it's, it. it was painful. But then you look back later and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's not about not feeling your emotions either. And that's what I love, too, is that so many people in the spiritual world, they're all about, you know, happiness and joy and sunshine every day. And there's something wrong with you if you're if you're upset or if you are, you know, uh, having a difficult time, right, dealing with your circumstances. And, you know, I like the coconut example of like the co- putting everything in the coconut, smashing it, right? You know, it's like you can have emotions. <laughs> well, I would I would even say emotions are critical 
their emotions are critical to awakening. I would actually say that, that this idea that emotions, this well, the whole concept of spiritual bypassing, that emotions should somehow be put away into a cupboard and you should be just this bliss bunny every moment, really creates a lot of tragedy in people's lives. And I think that what, you know, really starts to happen is you... Well, Pema Chodron's written about it. Thousands of people have written about it. You start to become a witness of the emotion as opposed to the one who's just lost in it. So you start to let yourself have them all because they want to come through the body just like weather. And I think, again, it's a kind of odd legacy of this black and white, uh, rigid, fundamentalist thinking that if you... If I run a forum online. It's called the Living Outrageous Openness Forum, and it helps people learn how to live this way. And in that forum, people can find it on my website, but in that forum, so often people say, I was so scared to feel my anger because somebody told me I would manifest something if I ever felt it. Or I was so scared to feel my fear because somebody said bad things would come if I ever indulged it. But in fact, what they find is that if you can feel these things, you let them go. If you don't feel them, they stay lodged in the cells of your body and your being. And they just come out in very surprising and alarming ways sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I call it the jack-in-the-box effect. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Oh, oh. Yeah. They have to come out. You know, they, yeah. they come out, you've got some weird, smiley, pasted face. And then at the same time, you know, it just comes out somewhere else in your body. It has to. Yeah. And, and, and then you're, then you're, then you're truly manifesting what you don't want. <laughs> well, that's the irony. That's the irony of it, isn't it? It's kind of interesting. I think that the, um, to go back for a second to this idea of offering Mm -hmm. that you're learning how to offer and really hand these burdens and even desires can be offered. It's not that this path is about getting rid of desires, but you're really handing it all to this force of love. You don't have to be scared of having a bad day. You don't have to be scared of having, you don't have to be, have that pressure that you always have to keep your mind in some pristine state of God knows what, because what you're really simply doing is being open to the expression of the flow coming through you and knowing that something greater than the ego is actually the manifester. So it isn't that manifestation doesn't happen. It's that the great self is the manifester instead of the ego. And I think that's one of the most central concepts of this this whole path is Adyashanti is a, a wonderful um, Zen teacher and he has a line where he says what what can manifest when you get out of the way is so far beyond what the ego could ever manifest it's astonishing and I think that's really the central idea here is that yeah the universe is constantly in a state of manifestation but what can come when you actually begin to know the tools for how to get out of the way, because there are tools, what can come is so far beyond what the ego can do with a wish list. And, and what the ego doesn't even know, right? Because there's so many things that we don't know. And so if we're like, okay, like, let's talk about money. It has to come from this source. And you're so fixated and you're trying to force this outcome. You're missing out that maybe it's going to come from one of these other 9,000 other opportunities, but if you're, you don't do that, you never look and see, you never allow, right? Exactly. That's part of, in the money book, there's an idea of a divine source and divine source says that no person, place or thing is the source of your abundance. So when you're learning to be in the flow and offer things, you start to become open. No, it doesn't have to be the particular job you have right now. No, it doesn't have to be the partner that you're married to. You don't know what the universe is going to bring. You start to become established in divine source, saying, I'm open to receiving from any of the ways it wants to come. And it's 
really amazing uh, on so many practical levels. I've been even dealing with it with, I'm probably going to be moving in the next few months and dealing with it with something as practical as a move instead of saying, here's the way it's got to go. Here's how it has to be. Here's my list, God. You better provide the following things. But just saying the perfect place is already selected and I'll be guided to it in the right time in the right way. And then continue to follow the breadcrumbs as they come. And it's it actually turns the process into something that's an adventure instead of that the ego has to be figuring it all out. And, you know, it just changes everything. Yeah, it almost like turns life into a game, right? You know? It does. And, it and, does. And God's always batting first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, and, I, and it's... It allows you to be in a state of divine trust. Yes, it grows over time. I would say that trust is like a muscle and it's not, you know, it's not this sort of black and white thing that every moment you're in perfect trust and perfect surrender. It's that every, you know, I think of it like a, like a spinning top and sometimes you start to wobble because you're having a bad day but you have the tools to come right back again you know how to bring yourself back into that state of alignment and trust and over time that alignment gets stronger and stronger and there is really something so profound about saying you know this isn't my issue completely this isn't my my money this isn't my situation to fully solve and understand like in in doing that you know and i mean i've been pulling teeth when i said that it was it, it changed me i have the situation and um i've been in a legal battle with the landlord here and uh, i've been trying to manifest this this solution and oh i'm we're gonna settle and i even brought in a buyer for the building and we're da 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 and i was trying to force 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 and why isn't he getting that this is good for him too and blah 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 and then i'm and then i'm like well i don't know you know and let me just put it up there and whatever's going to happen is going to happen and it could be a million different outcomes and for that first time when I did that, it was like this divine sense of peace came over me and was like, ah, I could just breathe for the first time in a long time, you know? And it was like, okay, maybe, you know, there's so many different outcomes that I have no idea and things are working out in the way that's best for everyone. And I just need to sit back and see how this game plays out. Well, and I love that example because you can take something like that. Like a lot of people have written me about legal battles. And so you can take something so specific like that because the book has examples of it too, where you say everything about the mess with this building and the landlord is now 100% in divine order and make me open to receiving any actions that I need to take to serve divine order yeah. and, you know, lift this out of the place of my controlling and my pushing and instead let it rest in divine source, let all the right help that needs to come come, let everything that needs to go go. So it's even beyond like just, oh, I'm just going to sit back and watch the show. You can be very active in the sense of you're the one holding the state, this very high state of divine source and divine order saying, let me be a vehicle for that. If there's anything I'm meant to do, great. If I'm meant to just sit back and watch it, great. But it's now offered yeah. to the divine from the highest level. And the levers people have written about legal battles, this happened with one woman who was in a huge divorce battle that went on forever, fighting for her kid, fighting for her kid, when she finally said, God, I don't know. Maybe I've got something from a past life and I need to learn how to let go of this kid. I mean, what could be harder than letting go of your own kid? She finally did. She said, just change me, allow me to let go. There's something happening here I don't even understand. I think this is actually in the book. The guy she was in the battle with reached her and he said, you know what? I just wanted to win. I didn't even want the kid. I'm going to move back to Europe. You can have your child back. But it only came when she finally let go because yeah. who knows what the karma was that was making her in the battle with him. Yeah. 
absolutely. Keep on out of it. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's what I feel, too, when I'm just like, okay, even if I'm supposed to learn the lesson of, you know, financial struggle or this or whatever comes of it, like, clearly there's something working out that I need to either learn or him or whatever that just releasing it and seeing and yeah not about in in action but whatever comes is comes and listening to whatever steps present themselves. but it such a freeing space that I can't even begin to describe you know I mean this has been occupying my life for like a year and a half you know wow (laughs) so wow well and you don't know I mean just on this topic like it's it's so, I think about this so much. You don't know if you've had all these other past lives where similar things have occurred and you've always just grafted on out of yeah. fear and worry and yeah. you said, it's got to be my way. It's got to happen. I can't, you know, because you have a powerful energy. So who knows? Maybe yeah. this always happens. Yeah. And now, as an old soul who's evolving, you're like, you know what? This is the life where I'm finally going to open my hands and have a paragraha and learn this lesson finally and it could be that that's the victory that the victory the legal victory is secondary that the real victory is you're finally opening your hands this life after who knows how many lifetimes yeah no and i feel that i I definitely do and we'll see what unfolds but I, i mean there's if if more people can grasp this level of offering to that that energy I mean I can only say what peace it's brought me and I try to do that in most of my life but there's certain areas that clearly I wasn't right you know like this one uh but it's it's so profound in the in the ways and the metaphors and the fact that you talk just real right you know and and it hits people in a real way I mean like reading your books and stuff it's like no it's yeah, you know, like it's it's common, it's simple, it's easy to grasp, and the understandings and the metaphors that go through with some of your clients through the years, it's like it just dives in like that, you know, and it makes people be able to comprehend on a deeper level so they can actually apply. Yes, yes, I think it's I think that making it real is. But you, it has to, it can't just be a mental concept that sounds good. It's like, it's, it becomes, you know, you, you find out where you're at with it when you're in a battle with the landlord or when you get a crazy bill in the mail that you don't know how you're going to pay, or you find out that you have to get divorced. Like that's when you find out how to really apply this stuff. And yeah, it's great. Or like that client that you, you, you shared with, you know, the child, you know, like, I mean, that's like one of the ultimate offerings and, and having that. I, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what I thought was really interesting in that one is that the woman said to me later, I feel like I've been in a battle with this guy forever, for lifetimes before this one and that this is the first lifetime where I finally said okay God if I can't win and I need to let go change me to somebody who can let go and then wham the minute she did it she won so it's it's, you know you just don't know what the karmas are like they're you know all these rigidities are getting released from each of us and it becomes very exciting on that level and I, and I like taking it to the the even higher plane level, like you're taking it to like past lives and other karmas and different things like that, because then we realize that we are truly here to go on this journey lesson of learning whatever it is that we're set out. And this is this game of life to teach us. And, and however that is and what ends up unfolding we don't have to make right or wrong. We can just allow, right? And and understand that there's forces beyond us working for us. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you said and just knew nothing, like you said, but it's, it's this higher understanding that people get so attached to certain situations or the ways that they believe things need to be in order for them to be okay instead of surrendering. 
Well, I think that one thing to go back to the prayers is that it can be really powerful. Somebody might be listening to this and going, you know, I am in this total shit storm of a mess right now. How can I apply what you're saying to this situation I'm in? And one of the first steps can be a prayer that actually says to the universe, I don't know why I'm in this. I don't want to be in this. Open me even just a tiny bit so I can get a glimpse of why this might be happening in my life and what I'm here to learn. And maybe just show me the first step that I'm meant to take. Like this stuff can be broken down into very bite-sized pieces. And that's a big part of the book because otherwise I think somebody can be in something that's a massive um, problem and they can't. They're like, why would I want to surrender to this? I don't understand how it would even begin. And it's very learnable in, in those small stages of beginning to like undo the deadbolt. You don't even have to know how to open the door yet, but if you just undo the deadbolt yeah. and say, okay, divine, just begin to show me what I'm to, here to learn from this yeah. and show me the first action. Yeah, and Sometimes the action is to forgive yourself for being in the mess in the first place. Absolutely. And those little steps and anything, I think that if people like do the chunking down process of just one little step, one little deadbolt, one little move, anything becomes manageable and able to actually be done. I think people get overwhelmed when they see sometimes the bigger bigger mess or chaos and they don't understand how to do it. I mean, it sometimes even happens when people are doing chores or something and like, oh, my laundry piled up and I have 10 loads of laundry to do that's, a, you know, or whatever, it's it's too unmanageable. But if they're just like, okay, I'm just going to do one load, right? I'm just going to do one thing. And before they know it, whatever, their whole apartment or house is cleaned, right? You know, and the the mess gets unraveled, the understandings become known, the steps the steps turn into the deadbolt to learning how to open the handle to the door cracking open to walking through, right? And it starts with the offering again because it's the actions are coming as a from result. and what you could say the very first step is you offer the mess back to the divine and you say, just show me the first piece. But I think if they you know, if anyone listening to this isn't familiar with It's Not Your Money, it's a really good resource for all of this because it takes you through no matter where you are in the stages of evolution with this, it shows you how to do it and how to basically apply it to any situation, regardless of whether it's about money or not, it can be applied to really anything. Absolutely. You know, because it's all the same. You know, one thing is this and another thing is that, but it's all... It's all energy and different manifestations that are existing. And so however you can apply, you know, you can apply it to health, you can apply it to love, you can apply it to your career, it, hobbies, whatever. Once you learn, I mean, I think it's because it's really a manual in learning how to offer. And once you learn how to offer, every topic in your life gets changed. And the whole life gets changed because in a way you could say it stops being your life. It stops being the ego's life. And it starts belonging to love, and that changes everything. And, and the realization of seeing the signs that can be all around you through many different forces, right? You know, you talk about that, that, you know, God and the universe can be working through so many, but it's after you do that offering, what are those things that you're noticing? What are the, those aspects that are, that are giving you that insight to take that next step? Right. And it's it's I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and uh, she has some lung problem that she needs to heal. And she said she was, you know, kind of doing the surrender and the offering up. And while she was driving, she saw like this air quality truck. And then she saw like something. And then she saw a license plate that said in L.A. And then she saw something else that was like these thing, this, this like message for like Joshua Tree. And she like got the download that she needed to go and spend some time in Joshua Tree to heal her lungs because of the air quality in Los Angeles. And it was just so like she happened to notice that truck at that right time and that license plate and then have that awareness of seeing 
taking that information or the conversation, whatever that brought her to Joshua Tree. And she was like, okay, this is part of the process, right? You know, and it, it, it taking those steps and then booking that trip so that she could have that time to whatever heal that she needed to do. Yeah, you know, I wanted to say before before we we end up stopping, I wanted to say that the that forum that I'm running that's it's been going now. It's starting its sixth year, wow. and it's really, you know, it's really like going to a gym and learning how to do this because it just takes practice, and it's really cool to do it in the company of all these people from around the world that are very curious and motivated to live this way that um, people can find that on the uh, on my website at toshasilver.com and it's called living outrageous openness and you know you just get that support in a world that's all about either you got to make it happen and you know you got to do it or if anything bad happens you must have created it so you're bad this is a whole other approach. And I think it's very powerful when you're around like-minded people because you get that support of other people understanding what you're understanding talking to me. So I just wanted to know, you know, help people know that they can go check that out on the website. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, cause that's kind of the premise of any of these like support groups and different uh, things that are out there. It's you, you get so much further ahead when you can have a community that is helping each other move forward. Right. Uh, and then I do the weekly calls with the people sending Q and A's and we work with the questions every week. And so, you know, it's, it's just becomes a very practical way to learn to embody it instead of just think about it. I love so, that. Sure. Out there. Well, I, I hope that the people that are listening, that you're inspired to read some of Tosha Silver's books and do the forum and go there and say, okay, not only is this going to be a concept that, that just lights up in my mind, but I, to start to actually apply it and to go through the eight-week process to do this Living Outrageous forum, to take that step of saying, okay, if you've been trying to manifest your life for this long, why not try something different if it hasn't been working, right? You know, and see, like, maybe this is the key that you've always been looking for that you didn't know that you needed, right? And you don't have to stop manifesting. I mean, that's the thing is it's the paradox. Like if somebody loves to do that, do it till your brain falls out, but expand your vision. Yeah. That there's something larger than that so you can apply those tools and actually learn how to let the rest of the universe in as well. I, I love that. If there's anything else that you would like to leave everybody with, what would it be? That there is an unseen plan far bigger than what the egoic mind is noticing most days. And that's very possible to open to it and let it guide us. Thank you. And uh, Tosha, uh, ToshaSilver.com is, is where people can find you. Uh, any other places or locations to find you? You know, if they go on Instagram, I'm really on there a lot more than I should be. I go in and out of periods of, you know, like, oh, my God, I've got to get off Instagram. But it's very compelling in its own crazy way. So if anyone wants to find me on Instagram, I usually post there most days. Okay. And it's a lot of fun. Amazing. And we'll put all the links to everything for everybody. And I really hope that you can make it out to L.A. and, and be out here in person um we can you know have that opportunity to cover a different topic if anybody has any feedback or other ideas of other topics to talk about in the future um you know share them in the comments and you know hopefully you can be here doing a workshop or or a talk or so in the future great that sounds really good in my and maybe what i'll do is i'll come down in my in my other reality i did a uh I did a workshop on the astrology of 2020 and it's really powerful. 
And so maybe I'll come down there and talk with you guys about that because people can get that workshop on my website, but it'd be fun to come down and, and just play a whole other role with you as well. Oh, so we'll that see. would be amazing. <laughs> yes. Then we can go down the rabbit hole of astrology next time too. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it, Christine. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. that you want to take that action step, why wait? Book your session right now. Go to liberateyourself.com. Click on either Liberate Hollywood or Liberate Emporium. See our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you. And then book a session via Skype, phone, or in person. We're here for you, and it's your time to start creating your life.